Welcome to Lifelines. This is John Augustine. Many TV shows have been named for their star performer, but how many people have an entire network named after them? I can think of three, Ted Turner, Oprah, and Walt Disney. Only Disney transformed American culture. His father was a failed farmer, and poverty would shadow Walt for a long time. Even as a young adult, he almost missed a funding opportunity because his only pair of shoes were being repaired. He didn't want to attend a business meeting barefoot. Still, the farm of his childhood gave him a special sensitivity to animals, which would drive his later work. And though his father was a severe man, Walt was shielded by his older brother Roy, who would work with him as his business manager, finding the money. Disney exhibited two talents in school, acting and drawing. He propped his books up on his desk so he could draw undetected. At his graduation, his principal awarded him for a picture he had drawn, a check for $7, a young man's fortune at that time. Meanwhile, Walt and a buddy had been entertaining their classmates for years with comic routines. Later, he would act out for his animators the entire cartoon he had planned. After struggling for a few years to make it in Kansas City, Walt and Roy headed to California to start Disney Brothers, a two-man cartoon studio. Eventually, some of the old gang from Missouri came out to join them, including the oddly named Ub Ewerks. They brought in a woman to ink the drawings, the future Mrs. Walt Disney. Like Roy, she stayed with him for the rest of his life, as did Mickey Mouse. The mouse was the making of him, after a shaky start. Walt came up with a mouse, one of his animators testified, but it wasn't any good, too long, skinny. Ub Uwerks redrew the rounded-up Mickey. After mixed results, Disney had a brainstorm. We'll do it with sound. Sound recording for film was just coming in. They had to use a metronome to sync the voices with the drawings, but their first masterpiece, Steamboat Willie, took off. Minnie and Pluto came along soon after, but Disney had a huge early hit without mice, The Three Little Pigs which incorporated Technicolor, another recent innovation, and a wildly popular song, Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf, still famous enough decades later to inspire Edward Albee. Mickey's popularity led to merchandising, a Disney specialty, including the first incarnation of the Mickey Mouse Club, with memberships and a pledge. The Mickey Mouse Watch is the most famous, but Lionel trains were almost bankrupt until they introduced a Mickey and Minnie hand car, which put them in the black. The cast grew. A milkman named Clarence Nash showed up at the studio with a comic voice. Nobody knew what kind of character they could use it with, but it seemed kind of quacky. So Donald Duck was born, voice first, and Ducky Nash had a job for the next 50 years. The studio expanded so fast, Walt's responsibilities changed. He no longer drew the animation or wrote the scenarios or directed the cartoon. But there was no doubt who was in charge, as Disney Brothers transitioned into Walt Disney Studios. He could be demanding beyond picky. Excellence was his business strategy and his pride. He was the final editor on every foot of film, and he still did the voice for Mickey Mouse. But he grew restless just developing short animations. He was determined to produce a feature-length cartoon, a monumental step forward, entailing thousands of work hours, starting with choosing the story. Walt explored Alice in Wonderland and Bambi before settling on Snow White. He didn't just announce his intention to his staff. He called them in and acted out his version in front of them. Characters, voices, the whole story. One animator claimed, That performance lasted us for three years. 
Every time we got stuck, we remembered how Walt had done it. After three years of preparation, the actual animation on the movie began. At the 11th hour, they still hadn't decided what to charge exhibitors for their unusual product or finalized the split with their distributor, RKO. They were rescued by one of Disney's biggest fans, who had also worked for RKO, Charlie Chaplin. He sent all his financial records to Walt and urged him to demand the same fees. They made out okay. By 1939, Snow White had been shown in 49 countries, dubbed in 10 different languages. The movie spawned over 2,000 merchandising products, and Walt had become an international celebrity. One acquaintance back in Missouri dined out for the rest of his life on his boast that he had driven Disney to the train station when he left Kansas City for Hollywood. And Walt's own six-year-old daughter asked him if he was Walt Disney. You know I am, he replied. Yes, she said, but are you the Walt Disney? Thus ends the first half of Walt Disney's life and half of Neil Gabler's biography. This program has been Lifelines. I'm John Augustine.